Hello and welcome to Tips and Tales, Ski Racing Media's official podcast for the week of June 19th, 2019. I'm your host, Sean Higgins, and on today's show, a brand new podcast intern, Patrick Carey, will be adding some Canadian flavor to the show as he sits down with Canadian national team member and 2018 Olympian Broderick Thompson. Broderick had a breakout year on the World Cup two seasons ago, and he talks about what he and his teammates on the Canadian team are up to this summer, rebounding from a season-ending injury that took him out for all of last season. And although he made his World Cup breakthrough in the speed disciplines, he actually considers himself a bit of a slalom skier. But before we get on to today's show, I would like to take just a little time to highlight some of the recent pieces published on SkiRacing.com. At the conclusion of last month's U.S. Ski and Snowboard Congress, Kip Nelson officially took over duties as chairman of the board of directors from Dexter Payne, who had served in that role since 2006. Nelson has some big ideas for the future of the organization, and I was able to sit down and talk with both he and Payne about the transition and what each of them will be up to now that Nelson is officially chairman and Payne can put more time and effort into his ongoing role as a member of the Fisk Council. Staff writer Mackenzie Moran was able to snag an exclusive interview with the speed queen herself, Lindsay Vaughn, and asked her about what retirement has been like for her and where she is focusing her time and passions now that her competitive skiing days are behind her. LV has some big plans in the works, so you won't want to miss getting the inside scoop on what she's been working on this summer. Longtime Squaw Valley Ski School director Hans Steintiner Sr. passed away late last month after a lengthy battle with cancer. He was 89. Our contributor Edie Thies Morgan put together a touching remembrance piece for the local legend, looking back at his impressive life and reflecting on her own experiences with Hans as an up-and-coming racer in Squaw Valley. Last but certainly not least, our editorial intern Caitlin Blinkhorn published the first piece of our new series, On the Way Up, where she profiles up-and-coming U16 racer Nick Kerwood. On the Way Up was a popular column from Ski Racing's days as a print publication that highlighted top youth talent from around the country. Going forward, the new On The Way Up will aim to do exactly that with regular profiles of up-and-coming talent from across North America getting some much-deserved time in the spotlight on the pages of SkiRacing.com. You'll definitely want to keep an eye out on our website for future profiles later this summer. To read all of those stories and much, much more, head on over to SkiRacing.com. Coming up after a quick break will be Patrick Carey's interview with Canadian national team member Broderick Thompson. The single best way to support what we do at Ski Racing Media is through a subscription to Ski Racing Premium. From podcasts and World Cup race coverage to our wildly popular American Downhiller web series, Ski Racing Premium is the engine behind everything we do at Ski Racing Media. It literally keeps the lights on for us. Subscriptions cost $35 per year for unlimited premium content on SkiRacing.com, which includes full-length World Cup race features and many of the pieces you will hear us talking about on this show. If you are interested in supporting what we do, head on over to SkiRacing.com and click the subscribe button. All right, now we'll get you back to the show. Welcome back to Tips and Tales. My name is Patrick Carey, and I'm a student athlete at Montana State University. I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, and skied for the Fernie Alpine Ski Team. I then went on to spend four years on the British Columbia Provincial Team before ultimately landing in Montana. Throughout my career, I've had some amazing teammates, and many of them have moved on to the Canadian national team. 
This summer, I'm going to be highlighting several Canadian athletes on the podcast and sharing their unique stories with all of you. Today, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce one of the up-and-coming studs for the Canadian national ski team. In 2017-18, he had his breakout season, posting back-to-back 23rd places in Lake Louise and Beaver Creek, which qualified him for the Olympic Games. He kept the momentum going that season, placing two top 30s at the Olympic Games and a career-best 8th place in the Bormio combined. Unfortunately, he was sidelined in the 2018-19 season due to a knee injury, but we know he's going to be back and better than ever. Without further ado, let me introduce my good friend, Broderick Thompson. Welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me, Pat. Yeah, you bet. So uh, what's going on these days? You're in Calgary training? Yeah, just in Calgary for a couple weeks to uh, do a little testing. Uh, uh, I suffered a knee injury in November this year, so I didn't mm-hmm. actually compete. And yeah, been rehabbing uh, since the 14th of November and checking in here. Yeah. And so just to get everyone up to speed, what was the injury exactly? I know it was quite a few um, <laughs> ligaments and items in the knee. Yeah, I was training downhill, caught an edge and kind of high-sided off my left leg and uh, ruptured my patella tendon fully. Um, I tore my ACL, MCL, and LCL, uh, a tear through the back of my leg and the popliteus and a little <laughs> bit of suturing in the meniscus. Um, so, so what someone described it to me as is everything basically without everything, the leg coming off. Yeah, yeah, the PCL <laughs> and gnarly my skin held it together. Jeez, <laughs> but, that is wild. And the next day I managed to get it all fixed up in Calgary with one of our team's doctors. Mm-hmm. happens to be an orthopedic surgeon. So uh, Dr. French fixed me up the next day and... Road to recovery ever since, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so how's that been so far? I know you haven't had... You haven't had a major knee or leg injury but prior to that, have you? Um, I tore my LCL in uh, a race a couple years ago. I, I knocked myself out and tore my LCL, but I didn't need surgery at that time. Mm-hmm. So I came back pretty pretty strong, pretty quick. Yeah. This time a little more significant. <laughs> Takes yeah. you down a bit. But um, yeah, it's gone. The, the recovery's gone well, like step by step. Just kept my head down and worked. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yep. That's why you're successful. How And how do you think it's been on the mental side? I know that's a big part of it when you're actually returning to snow. And I know maybe that's not quite where you're at yet. But um, have you thought yeah. about that aspect of it yet? Um, I think the mental game is pretty big. For me, it, it ju- I just kept my head down and like day after day kept working. Um, moving into skiing, I think... If I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why one part, just knowing you for a long time, I think has made you really successful. You're very even keeled and you just kind of, you don't get too high or too low. And I think that's like a really good approach for ski racing because every day is not going to be great, but you just keep a like calm outlook. And I think, yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I try to go I with I had that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the timeline is looking like for getting back on snow? Or is it a little still too early to tell? Yeah, it's still it's still too early to tell, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Just like I said, keeping my head down, working day by day. Day by day and as soon as I can as soon as I feel strong enough and moving moving as well as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um 
So I kind of want to go back. So you started on the World Cup in 2015. And I just want to ask, like, I've heard you've roomed with Eric Gay. And I know you and Manny are pretty close. And if you just want to take me through some of the big takeaways that you got from learning from some of the best guys in the world and what they do in their craft and, yeah, what they've taught you over the years. Yeah, I think I think skiing is quite an experience-based sport. And uh, picking their brains and seeing what they do on the hill in inspection, after in the how professional they are and how they do their job as a ski racer, mm-hmm. it's it's cool to see and try to try to uh, take in what I can when I'm with them and and uh, put it into my own training. Especially on the speed circuit, it's such a experience game. I know you, yeah, you've told me that sure. several times. Like yeah. just learning the tracks is half the battle. Hey? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> They're long tracks and tricky there's tricky sections sections you have to pull off the gas a little bit and yeah it's like when you're a kid and you're riding around on the go-kart track and you just fully pinned the whole time and and then you realize you have to maybe throw a brake in there every once in a while but i think that's (laughs) i think that's a thing you learn for sure yeah i like that um so what's been your favorite stop on the world cup so far would you say um i would say in uh switzerland the the in Vengen the downhill there is is super cool has a lot of cool like terrain features jumps it's one of the longest tracks so the gliding aspect of it comes into play and I I enjoy that in in skiing I don't know maybe just from doing cat tracks as a kid <laughs> but uh um, a little bit of a hot take here yeah. but I heard gliding is actually fake and it just means you're a big guy with fast skis <laughs> <laughs> any, I, any comment on that yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that's actually true. I think that's a that's a farce. <laughs> all right, that's a joke. So no one don't get too offended for all the gliders out there. Um, coming off uh, the heels of a big Toronto Raptors win last night, uh, and us Canadians are a little excited about that. What did you yeah. think of the game? Pretty fired up, honestly. I think it's going to be a, a legendary moment in in his Canadian sports history. Yeah, just watching those guys really play well, like. It's it was inspiring, inspiring it playing is. out there. Those guys, they just dug deep and they got her got it done. And I know you're a guy like a lot of skiers who grew up playing, not just skiing but a ton of sports. Uh, I know you played baseball, soccer, mountain biking, and I come from a background of like hockey and all those off season sports. But the one I think that people would be really interested in for you is the figure skating because I don't know a lot of people who have done that. Uh, and I know you've told me in the past that you think it's correlated and helped you with your skiing. So can you just elaborate on that? Yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of people, my parents especially, attributed the carving um, edge aspect, edge work, and, and like flexibility, recovery, mm-hmm. all that kind of comes into play in the figure skating to skiing crossover. And I don't know if they justified it because it was it cost a bit of money, <laughs> but um yeah, I, it was just normal for me growing up, so yeah. it kind of just happened. But I think it definitely played it played a role in my uh, athleticism, in in a way. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite like sort of cross training or outside sport aside from skiing right now that you do? Well, I haven't done a lot. yeah no court sports. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean aside from the knee or in the past. Yeah. I mean I don't know. I, I like to do everything. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I like challenging myself with new sports. Yeah. I like to go out and practice anything, really. Played a lot of tennis last year. Kind of didn't play that 
sport when I was younger. So I, I like took some lessons and, and really, um, went out and like just got after it practiced. i know you're playing all the time last summer yeah, yeah just just because i like i like to get good at sports when i when i do them so i hear yeah, you yeah you're the same way i know uh, i mean a little bit right now golf yeah, golf you know golf big mental game <laughs> great for the mental game don't know if i'll ever be good but <laughs> who knows um so i heard a little rumor that you've actually hit every net on the circuit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't true. know if that's true or not, not or if not, which ones are you missing? Uh, it's not a collection, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Which no, ones? No, no, no. Uh, right, go on. First off, I haven't hit the Lake Louise World Cup f- fence just in the Noram as, as a young as a young kid. Okay. So it doesn't but, count. Um, so he hasn't hit every. Yeah, I've had some people. pretty big ca- <laughs> uh, crashes in Kitzbühel. My first couple years mm-hmm. on the track, I had a couple diggers. Like Santa Catarina, I remember just like leaning back and falling into a net. And actually, I was the last racer. It's kind of funny. And I I slid under the net like three nets, and then Jeez. all these coaches just started skiing by. Like, cause the race was over, I was the last racer. And then my coach comes down, is like looking around for me. And <laughs> so no one was helping you out. They're just le- hanging out to dry under the uh, three layers a little bit. But he he was looking for me, so that was a good thing. And he found me. But I was like that was maybe my second world cup mm-hmm. and uh yeah but yeah kids feel is, is challenging and i've i've had my fair share of crashes everywhere yeah it seems like but there's there's some i haven't like yeah, sturdy guy yeah. bounces back <laughs> yeah i remember one of your i mean it was pretty much i mean kind of you you kissed the net it was in kids <laughs> coming across the side hill where you yeah. had the one leg up behind you and it was just your ski was like bouncing back mm. and forth on the snow and you just cranked a turn right before the net <laughs> and that was one of the most unbelievable recoveries i've ever seen i think that was also my first year in yeah. kids pool and super g actually and yeah so I, just I was just walk me through I, I, that I, one quickly because that was unbelievable i was just coming across the side hill and then i was like oh shoot i'm too low here and then i tried to crank a turn which wasn't the smartest idea should have just missed the gate and, and skied it out yeah. but i tried to make the gate as a young and dumb kid and <laughs> then i cranked the next one because i was already all loaded up and then i did a sl- slalom turn on super g skis right before the net and kind of went in tails first yeah but that was all good i skied that one skied out of that that one, was so. impressive we got to get a video up of that one because it's <laughs> unbelievable um favorite off-season training venue oh just being at home <laughs> being at home but for skiing oh okay for skiing uh, i don't know I've had a lot over the years. Started all Portillo. Started in Mount Hood. <laughs> that's what you're saying. You're saying Portillo. Right, that was, Portillo that was my guess good. for you. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. We haven't been there in a couple of years just because of the snow. But yeah, we we used to go there as on the BC team, and that was always a, a good time. Mm-hmm. Good training, a lot of volume. Yeah. Um, good food. Yeah. Good setup there. Just yeah. mountains. All, I think it's so beautiful. I too. think anywhere you can ski is a good, is a good place to train. Like we used that to go to Mount the winning Hood. attitude. A lot of people did, didn't like Mount Hood when we were kids, but I just loved it. I don't know. We just went up, grinded for four hours and came down and, I then, feel like and then enjoyed the sun. <laughs> we, we, we did. Yeah. And I feel like Mount Hood as it is, is great to get on snow and Sometimes, I mean, sometimes the conditions aren't great, but it can build a lot of character when you're out there in the sun, just grinding and just yeah. like deep ruts and just like 
patterning that muscle memory it's i think that's really good for the development of a young skier especially like a lot of people don't know that i like was like fully invested in and being a slalom skier Mm -hmm. when i was younger but i like i don't know coming from whistler we had those we had the parsons super g downhill kind of thing and that was a major key in my development of speed skiing but i always loved to the quick turns i don't know if that came from skating but the 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 foundation from slalom and and gs is definitely important in younger athletes and and Mm -hmm. it it, um, has shown in my kind of ability to to ski you know and i mean obviously you still got it (coughs) eighth in the combined at bormio that was one impressive slalom run pretty fun third on the slalom there (laughs) out of nowhere as some people see it from the outside but i feel like i've done probably a lot more slalom than downhill and super g in my my days of um as an athlete so and i mean through our development when we were on the provincial team together at least it was very tech focused yeah but that's like from yeah it's what you do kind of i feel like that's how you learn but with Mount Hood, you can't exactly do like downhill as well, and that's where our main training was in the summer. So we mm-hmm. just hammered slalom, hammered panel slalom, threw in some GS, and we called it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe see a movie, go play some volleyball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Great day in Mount Hood. Um, I actually want to ask, yeah, going back to what you're saying about the speed track in Whistler, I feel like that's got to be one of the only venues in North America where you guys can just have full reign to do super G or downhill any day of the year. And I think it shows, I mean, you got you Brody, Riley, Jack Crawford, like all these guys coming out of there that Cam, Cam. Alexander, <laughs> Kyle. Yeah. It's just all these guys that are amazing yeah. speed skiers. And uh, do you attribute that to growing up in that venue? I think it's totally a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you come out of Whistler and you see all of us doing speed and, there's a reason back then every year the super g and whistler cup even though austrians were coming and and americans and we would always get the the win there because we got the training on that track and the speed is like like you said anywhere else in canada i don't think you do speed at a young age like Mm -hmm. that no and um in the u.s i know they do like mammoth and and stuff like that but I think it's it's definitely important to to have that in mind for any Canadian athlete if they're interested. I know Jack came from Ontario mm-hmm. at a pretty young age just to get the time on snow on the speed track and with the competitive spirit of the Whistler Ski Club. Yeah, yeah, and such a cool ski club. There's so much history there, and like <clears throat> I know you grew up like kind of looking up to Manny and Mike and those guys being around there, and I yeah. like you close personal friends i don't know i just feel like there's that culture of you've seen so many guys do it and robbie dixon yeah. ahead of you mm-hmm. you see it and then you just believe in yourself and you can you know you can do it yeah well i never really had a doubt for myself but i you can control your Humble. own your own, <laughs> your own but yeah it's just like you're yeah. a kid and you want to go race you know yeah it's that simple <laughs> make it happen um in your mind, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment? Would it be that eighth in Bormio or the Whistler Cup? Champion? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was like 60 in the Whistler Cup, it definitely was the <laughs> highlight. Um, but now I think I I had to actually answer this question for uh, Alpine Canada Media 
survey <laughs> the other day and I put in my two top 25s from the 2018 season um, mm -hmm. in downhill on World Cup that qualified me straight away for the 2018 Olympics, which was like, yeah, well, obviously like a lifelong goal of making it to the Olympics, but mm -hmm. my goal is to like have a, have a podium performance at the Olympics. But those were, I think having those two results, first two races of the season and, and that was and, Beaver Creek and Lake Louise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just, just like checking those off and first world downhill world cup points. And it's like a pretty important thing to me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I was excited before my injury to take my momentum from that se off season of training into the last, the last year. But with the injury, obviously it sidelines you and yeah. it kind of puts a halt to everything, but, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough sport in that way where you just kind of got to put on, put the chasing for results on hold a little bit, mm -hmm. <laughs> get better and then push out again and just a minor, back to it. <laughs> minor speed bump in speed the long, bump, long term bump. though. Yeah. I heard, yeah, from everyone told me that you're skiing really, really well before that injury. And I mean, obviously that is, it makes it kind of worse because it was just in the period, but also, you know, the skiing's there and yeah, you're pretty heartbreak. So, <laughs> but, but, um, but you know, you're just, that's it's going to be there that's when you come that's back. That's skiing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just got to get back to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, you touched just briefly there on qualifying for the Olympics. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that experience and I don't know how, how much, how much more special does it make it that you were able to do it alongside your sister, Marielle? Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Like we, we went there and it seemed like every day was getting actually postponed, but just being on the Canadian Olympic team representing Canada is like a lifelong dream. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. My sister actually hurt herself four months before the Olympics managed to rehab like extremely well mm -hmm. and then was there as well she won the qualifying for her event but then had a bit of a, a mishap in the f first heat but it was cool to just uh, be there together and experience yeah. the the atmosphere and the like hang out just in the Olympic uh, village. It was I'm, pretty cool. I'm sure. What's in the water in the Thompson house? <laughs> Give me some of that. Whistler water. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the one other thing I wanted to touch on is just how the whole North American ski culture is right now. And the, I know both U S team and the Canadian team have had kind of trouble with budgets lately. And just if you have anything to contribute on that front and how maybe we can do a better job or just your general outlook on yeah I, th I think it comes down to the culture that we kind of put put out there especially for younger athletes like even in the u12 u14 age group there's just we need to have more interest and i think it comes down to culture and ha having the kids interested and mm -hmm. from a younger age from a younger age yeah and then yeah. and then there'd be more there'll be more kids and in general but it's it's like a, a little bit of a tough time and our team is is handling it quite well we're like streamlining it a bit mm -hmm. working together and and uh yeah men's team men's whole the whole men's team tech and speed are coming together training training with one another and and i think it i think it'll be good we got a good team team vibe going and it seems good. like the vets are excited about it and and mm -hmm. um i think the young guys i'm kind of in the middle at this point but 
the young guys are you moving up. You don't feel up. like a young guy anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. These guys are young. <laughs> what, is, what is coming in a fist next year? Like 2002? Mm. <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you're still, you're kind of maybe the leader of that younger group yeah. that goes down I've from like you, like a 94 it, yeah. to that, that younger guys on the side, 98. Yeah, 90. And no, it's Kyle, an exciting. It's, what's Kyle in '99. He's a '99. Yeah, <laughs> but it's an exciting young group with a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of promise in there. And it seems like you guys have like awesome training together and just push each other. And I don't yeah, know. I'm excited to see what you guys yeah. can do over the next couple of years. Definitely feed off each other in training, and and I think we have a good plan moving forward, especially on on the snow. And we know what teamwork is, and I think I think we can definitely push each other on the hill, in the gym, get strong and go fast <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it um well i think that about wraps everything up uh thanks so much for joining me today uh that was awesome and best of luck this summer yeah, and with the injury it. i appreciate it yeah it's All not right. an injury anymore yeah <laughs> healthy best of luck with the working out then and we'll thanks. see you on the snow Always. soon yeah appreciate it right. thanks for having me you bet see ya All right, that is our show for this week. Big thank you to Patrick and Broderick for putting that interview together for us. And I, for one, am very excited to hear more from our Canadian friends in the future. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all soon.